The following podcast is a Dear Media production. In a study by Esquire, 54% of women said they'd rather be hit by a car than considered fat. If I'm being honest, I've been those women. So for me, this isn't just a podcast, it's personal. I'm Danielle Robay, TV host and journalist, and years of celebrity interviewing taught me that beauty isn't about what you look like, it's about who you become. Each week, I'm having thought-provoking conversations, digging into the stories of people who put a new spin on pretty. From entrepreneurs and authors to politicians and celebrities, no topic is off limits. So join me every Thursday for a new episode to feel pretty inspired, pretty seen, and best of all, pretty smart. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Welcome back, everybody. Tom's here with me. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Tom and I have the blues today. We have the tub thumping blues. Something like that. Tub thumping. We get knocked down, but we get up again. That's right. We had a bit of a fiasco in our bathroom. Our tub drain broke. It was an accident. Yeah. But there's a, there's a bit of a tub drain situation that has resulted into a hole in the ceiling of our living room. So you had a bathing suit on. Long story. <laughs> oh, he's going to tell the whole why. story. You want to tell I wasn't going to make you tell the story. No, but. it's not even a good story. I'm not going to waste our time. But I had a bathing suit on and, um, you know, my life flashed before my eyes as I felt like my torso was going to get ripped in half. So I had to heave with all of my strength. How was it going to ripped in half? You were in the bathtub. It was a sucking down. You don't know. You weren't know what was going on. It Tell was, me you were in the bathtub. You I were know, in, you were honey, in a foot of water. It was water. sucking down with a great force, and I felt like it was going to honestly cut me in half at the waist. Tell me you were in a foot of water. Like I couldn't breathe. With with people around you. I know, but I trust. If anything, I underplayed it. I downplayed the agony well, anyways, and the pain. We have one of those push, like a little push stop drain things, and he like ripped the thing in half and then bent the the drain anyways. So rather than just like unscrewing the drain and replacing it, like... The, our whole tub was installed incorrectly. So we're having to like literally cut through tile and the ceiling and every it's, it's a well, full blown nightmare. I wanted to try to DIY and I appreciate that. It's not that I wanted to DIY Tom. I know what you and the guy were saying, but like, I'm trying to tell you like the thing was fucked. <laughs> okay. Well, there was no saving it. Well, anyways, anyways, now we've lost everybody. But come back, come back but, to us. No, the, the whole point was, even though we're discovering that the installation was all wrong, so it was a good thing in hindsight we're doing it. But I wasn't going to stick a cork in our beautiful tub to yeah. just throw some band aids on things. Yeah, Tom's been a little bit of a he's hulking out around our house, and we're going to start fixing the things instead of putting band aids on them. Hulk implies that it's it's me in some sort of fit of rage. I've just been clumsy and <laughs> un, uh, you know lacking okay, self awareness, not- spatial awareness. Yeah, but I ripped I'm, off the. I, st- well, I was making. He eggs walked the other into day. the cupboard, and the cupboard's like hanging on for dear life. Yeah, <laughs> downstairs, like an old senile man. I have early onset dementia. I'm pretty sure you're gonna find out about another one when you watch this show. Uh oh, the season. Foreshadowing. Well, <laughs> well, you won't see it. Well, you won't You'll see it happening, it, but you're gonna hear about it. You had to be here. Trust me. Oh, it was a doozy. Uh, anyways, tub thump and blues. Yeah. We're getting through it though. It's a little melancholy right now. I, I, I guess 
I expected the, you know, the world to be further along this time. A year had gone by. And, uh, you know, kind of more or less in the same place. I mean, we, we were vaccinated and things are looking at more optimistic, but I just, I'm strolling the headlines and I'm not loving what we see. You know what I saw today? What? Oh God. Here comes Debbie Downer. A new segment. <laughs> well, what? COVID has officially surpassed the Spanish flu or whatever they called it as, as the leading deadly disease in the history of America. Oh, God. Okay. We got to well, pick this up. And then some people will say, but it's just the flu. This is bad. Even though we're feeling a little melancholy, at least we can say that we're not in an MLM thinking we own our own business. At least you're not a hun. <laughs> at and least I'm the husband because, of a hun. Okay, Tom, I made, I made him watch a little bit of Lula Rich but he didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched the whole thing. It's on Amazon Prime, if you're not familiar, but maybe familiar with LuLaRoe, which is that horrible, horribly ugly clothing. Sorry if anyone bought it, but like, I'm just gonna say my piece. That shit was ugly. Those leggings and whatever the hell else they sold. It was like a pyramid scheme, MLM, that they did a whole docu-series on. And it was fascinating. Tom, do you know much about MLMs? Yeah, I know a little bit about them. I know they can be predatory and they can turn people's lives upside down. And also the people at the top are usually, you know, excellent gaslighters and manipulative. And um, yeah, I see, I see this term on Reddit thrown around a lot, Huns and like anti-MLM threads and stuff. And, you know, they're usually roasting the people involved in these, but also they're, they're compassionate and sympathetic because you know what? It's, it's easy for a lot of these people to fall into them. I understand it, you know? They're in, a, they're in a vulnerable position. Maybe they're not properly informed or educated. And uh, these, like, you know, on this, these things, they're kind of enticing the way they're presented. Well, yeah, they sell them on a lie because they're like, do you want to own your own business? Do you want to make money from home? Do you want to be a boss girl? Do you want to be a boss, babe? It can be very attractive to be like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom and I can make money from home. That's like extra money in my pocket. Like, yeah. sure, sounds great. They're like, great, give us $5,000 and we'll sign you up. And they're like, what? Yeah. Like, they were talking about women were selling breast milk just to sign up for LuLaRoe. Yeah as a knee-jerk reaction, you want to shame these people, call them out, put them in their place, but also they're victims too. Yeah. And so I feel bad for them. But then some of them, they get out of one and then they go right into selling essential oils. Yeah. And they don't, they don't like see it. Well, they're lost in the sauce. They're going, and now they're selling their like fiber, whatever mascara. I think some of them, even at like that point, they might maybe deep in their subconscious know that they are in a pyramid scheme more or less, but it's like the sunken cost fallacy. They're like, I've yeah. invested too much time, too much energy. Even if this is an MLM scheme, I'm working my way up. I've, I've put in too much, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to rise to the top and just, you know, make, make enough money to break even get out of this mess. Maybe, maybe that's what it is thinking that if they could just break even, it's only like the very, very few, like the very small percentage of people at the very top that really make any money. Even the ones that had a pretty good line or, or downline, they call it yeah. beneath them, were, they, there was no real money to be made. Cause they're like, this one woman was talking about how she was like, I would, I was buying like 80,000 or $85,000 worth of wholesale and then bringing in like, 
she was like, yeah, like, was I making some extra? Yeah, but barely, barely. The profit was not there. Yeah. But the culture of these MLMs, when they, when they start, they start to, some of the women were talking about how they looked around and they're like, we all look the same. We're all dressed yeah. the same. Like, oh my God, I'm part of a cult. And they talked about the founders that were like starting to like really impress upon them to look a certain way, to spend money, to get their husbands involved, retire your husbands, they'd say, because yeah. they would want these couples, these families to become dependent upon them. Yeah. From, I mean, Scary. I've seen this play out in, in many different scenarios online, but I've just started watching the documentary, but yeah, it's, well, it, it consumes their life all aspects of their life eventually. Then all of a sudden they're living this life of quiet, but not so quiet while I'm on Facebook desperation, you know? Yeah. Oh man. I don't know. I still think MLMs are so funny because like, like a lot of times people are in them, they don't understand that they are. I have gotten those messages. Hey babe, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, have you heard of like blah, 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 some brand that like you have yeah. heard of a billion times because you've seen a billion people post it. I've seen, yeah. there's the mascaras, there's those makeup ones, they're like, you know, and I have bought stuff from people and you know what? The products aren't necessarily bad yeah. all the time, but I just always feel bad when I know that people who are like maybe single parents or single whatever have bought into that and spent their own money to start it. And I'm like, Ugh. when you're young, it doesn't even have to be young, young ish, just say naive or maybe desperate. You're in a tough position in life. Like, I mean, it happened to me once when I was young. What'd you do? I fell victim to an MLM. What did you? So a literal MLM, except it was just like this thing in hindsight. It seems so obvious, but like a group of friends started recruiting people and they're like, yo dude, throw in a hundred bucks right now. And that's all you have to do is recruit three people. And eventually you'll make X, Y, Z. And they showed it to me, but they, they presented it in a churched up manner. You know, I don't remember exactly. What was it? It was just some like buddies, like but what in, were you in high school? That's just you put in money. It was like a, it was it was like a blatant put money into what? Nothing. I don't even know. I didn't understand it. But I was like sixteen. You just and gave I, someone money to, I, to nothing. I threw in a hundred dollars and I was like, yeah, I want to do this. And then like you know maybe the second week you don't I was like, remember dude, what I, it was too though. No, it was for it? nothing. Oh. It was a straight multi-level <laughs> marketing scheme. But usually it was it's a straight up pyramid scheme. No, just literal pyramid scheme that I fell into. But it was a hundred dollar lesson that I never forgot. Didn't do your research. Be In informed. high school, that's like a billion dollars. They had me. I know exactly. Honestly, <laughs> it's like three thousand dollars of today money. Oh my god. Two thousand. I know, because I, I, I'm a gambler by nature, and I was like, I'll take a gamble. And then I remember, like, I remember feeling, had getting a really dirty feeling at the prospect of trying to recruit other people because I very was very soon realized what I'd gotten myself into. And I just, I chalk it up as an L and a lesson learned. It's like what Publishers Clearinghouse does to people. They just like string you along. Hmm. But you, people do actually win jackpots. I, that's one I'm not so clear on. Mm, do they? Yeah. They who? Yeah. Should we fact check? If you or someone you know, like personally. Yeah. Has ever won Publishers Clearinghouse, please send me a DM. Vanderpump Rules cast, who's most likely to fall victim to an MLM? Just kidding. All right, we're going to take a short pause to talk a little bit about hair. One of my favorite topics, right? 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. And if you are among them, you are not alone. And there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. And that is with Nutrivol. I 
I have thick hair, naturally thick hair, but I recently cut my hair and I've always experienced shedding and I'm using a lot more heat styling on my hair now because I can't really let it air dry like I used to. So I've got to use a flat iron. I have to use a blow dryer on it. And I am relying and using and loving Nutrival to maintain my hair because I don't think I'm promised to have this head of hair my whole life, you know, and I want to maintain that. And really through all stages of life, Nutrival has you covered because they have two solutions. They have Nutrival Women, which is ideal if you're experiencing thinning hair caused by stress, dieting, overstyling, and environmental toxins. While Women's Balance is formulated with additional hormone support for those with thinning hair through menopause. And with Nutrival's powerful ingredients, they bring your body back into balance. And you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, better skin, nails, and your libido. Hello. We love to see that, don't we? So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support my show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering promo code LOVEME to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to US customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code love me okay back to the show who would fall victim if you did you would be the most ferocious in your defense over your scheme oh yeah i would i would defend that shit till the day and and you and you also would be you know the master of the ad hominem attacks too when people came after you whatever you were involved in your leggings what the fuck are you what are you doing with your life just because i'm trying to take control (laughs) over my life and be a boss bitch (laughs) yeah i hate that term boss bitch though I really don't like that term. We've all used it before. Yeah. Ironically and unironically. And now the more I hear it, I just, it really grates on me. I don't like it. The thing is right now, if, there, if we had someone involved in one of these right now, even though like a lot of them are ignorant, willfully or not ignorant, they are well prepared to defend themselves because they get chewed up online and like the people at the top teach them they mm-hmm. have prompted ready responses when you call them out yeah on their ignorance or their hypocrisy or, or the or the fact that it's a, a blatant pyramid scheme they are well prepared they will smoke you in a debate unless you're prepared to <laughs> oh with a bunch of nonsense but like it's it's well rehearsed nonsense you know they just better hope that theirs doesn't blow up the way Lula wrote did because it blew up to the point where it's like they couldn't they had so much growth that they like their products started to suffer. Their like leggings were starting to tear. Like they they got so popular because their leggings were like so soft and so comfortable, and like their patterns were like all so different. So there wasn't a lot of competition. Like they could have like a million re- retailers or people selling Lululemon in one place because there wasn't a lot of repeats. Yeah. So that was kind of like unique about what um, they had going on. But then the the product started to decline, and this and like the quality was suffering. And they weren't giving their people their money back. The retailers themselves were having to take the hit on it. They're like, oh, just like mark it off or mark like, you know, yeah. take the price off or what, or mark the price down or whatever. And they're like, um, I would like my money back on this. Yeah. I mean, so just, just, was, just watching shit. a little bit of the documentary you're talking about, like the people at the top, one of the dudes was such a good gaslighter. 
it's not the product that's stale. It's you that's, you that's stale, stale. Like, or something like that. I'm like, oh man. Oh yeah. No, it gets really twisted. Okay, really, really twisted. Watch it. Katie's seen everything on Netflix, yeah. by the way. By the way, I think we might've touched on this the other day. I just have to acknowledge this again. I'm so blown away at Katie's multitasking skills. We were laying in bed the other day and she was staring at her phone, engrossed Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> the Daily Mail, whatever, she, Solitaire, Candy Crush, whatever, the whole smorgasbord of distractions on one's phone. She, she was watching, simultaneously watching a new movie and she knew the whole plot line. She was so invested that she cried, <laughs> but she had not looked up from her phone once. How... Is that possible? How can you be so emotionally invested that you are shedding a tear, but you haven't, you've glanced up for maybe let's say 10% of the entirety of the... I look up with my eyes, but mm. like I told Tom doesn't understand my, my multitasking skills are so on point that I can, I can actually be following an entire plot lineup of a movie, be half yeah. watching it with one eyeball practically, and also be like doing like emails and fully doing something on my phone too. Yeah. <laughs> he can not, not even, me. he can barely like listen while doing nothing else. It yeah. goes in one ear and out the other. It's one or the other. Immediately. N not even one or the other. You can't even do one at a time. All right. Successfully. Yeah. Well, back to the early onset dementia thing. Anyways. Yeah. So at the end of the day, regardless of what is going on in my life, and I don't want to, you know, listen, I'm being real judgy right now. This is my big old judgment of the week is just people in um, LMs. Like if you are in one and you're happy and you're not going into financial ruin because of it, then great. Live your best life, girl. Be a boss, babe. But like, you know, other than that, like do not be trying to lead people into that world and make them feel like, you know, they need to be selling breast milk and running themselves into debt just to sell, you know, I don't know, essential oils or lipstick. Yeah. That's the problem I have with it is just that it's just selling people on lies. But you know what? If you want to support friends in MLMs, <laughs> may as well buy yeah. their products, buy their shakes or their oils or whatever that that they're selling. These people at the top though, I feel like they could have really thrived had they chosen another career path. Cause these are driven, charismatic people, you know, Yeah. maybe a little shysty of course, but like these people have they're, drive. They're cult leaders is what they are. <laughs> they're very successful cult leaders. So in case y'all don't know, Next week is the premiere of Vanderpump Rules. Oh my God. Season nine. Season nine. Season nine. Nine years of VPR. It's a whole ass decade, basically. I mean, basically. after last year, we weren't sure if it was ever coming back for a while there, but I got to say, I'm excited. Are you excited? Okay. Cause I, I talked about this last week a little bit. People wrote, or I did some Q and a, yeah. So I want to ask you some of the same questions that I was asked. Someone asked me if I was nervous for the premiere and I am. Yeah, I am too. And then there's, you know, been some shakeups with the cast and you know, what are you, what, what are you most nervous about? What if people are over it? You guys, I don't think you will be. I don't think and you I will know be. I'm partial. I'm too close to it, but I think you're going to dig it. You know, it's, it's different than other seasons, but it still has all the stuff you love. You know, there's like some very high stake moments. Me and Sando get into it. Bub and Sando get into it. A lot of people get into it. Like I've laughed, like I've never laughed in, in quite some time. Me and Sandoval are embarking on probably the highest stakes endeavor of our lives. So from a professional standpoint, hopefully it's interesting and people 
you know, are willing to invest their time into it. I did some humiliating things. I don't know if I'll say I'll regret them. I, I don't want to be Mr. T. Don't say too here. much. But like, I think you guys are going to have fun. And there's a lot of heart. I mean, I remember a lot of tears. Um, don't say too much. A lot of hilarity. I, I don't want to, you'll never be able to do my podcast again. And I can't afford to lose you if, oh. you, if you start saying too much. Oh, also, you, <laughs> all right, it's time for a break to talk about something slightly more on a serious note. And that is taking care of yourself mentally, you know, also physically but and emotionally, you know, it's a lot about the relationship with ourselves and also the relationships with those around us. You know, sometimes the people around us have a big impact on our lives and, you know, life's pressures can cause those relationships to change for better or worse. And, you know, frustrations can, can happen in those relationships and, you know, whether you having complicated feelings about a relationship or you just need a neutral person to talk to. Talkspace is an online therapy that connects you to a licensed professional to help you work through it. And it's really great because if you're someone that has been a little shy or apprehensive about going to a therapist, sometimes you don't know where to start, who you call, do you need a reference? You can do this all online. It's very easy to sign up. Once you sign up, it's very quick and simple. You get connected to a matching therapist. They'll ask you questions and then they connect you with a licensed therapist. It's all very safe, all very secure. You can always change therapists seamlessly. It's no problem. And then, you know, from there, you're going to be able to set goals with your talk-based therapist and develop techniques to cope in difficult times. I just think it's a really great place to start for anyone that just needs some help. I think it's very, very healthy. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform. There are thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with across dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more. They work around your schedule at your convenience with live video sessions and unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist. So if you need a little support to help you through the end of the year or just want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is here to help. So match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with promo code LOVEME. That's $100 off when you use code LOVEME at Talkspace.com. Okay, back to the episode. So obviously people know that a lot of our cast, main cast that have been around from the beginning are not coming back. And I was asked how it was like, how I felt not having them around filming. And for me, it was, it was a challenge and difficult at times because some of them, you know, are like my very close friends. Totally. I mean, there's, there were, there were so many times where, you know, uh, we're telling a story and you make a reference that's, you know, that's referring to someone who's not on the show anymore, which is always kind of strange, but we just roll with it. And I mean, we still filmed a hell of a TV show, but it just, yes, of course, these are people I knew before the show. They're people that I still hang out with after, you know, their duration on the show. They're my, they're my friends. And uh, yeah, it was a little strange, I got to say, but it's everyone's okay doing okay straight. now. And uh, yeah, man, I think it's going to be awesome. I think I'm going to force myself to watch every episode this year because I <laughs> like to be like involved. Watching. I like to interact with people online. I got to say though, over the course of the past few years, I've slowly lost that love and feeling for social media, but it's coming back now. It's coming back. I don't know. I think I saw just too much of uh, the dark side of social media. I don't know. I've saw so, 
some horrible things and I've seen some horrible things in my DMs. I just you are so I, awful. It, well, it, I find and some it, amazing things too. You take the good is, with the bad. Yeah, the irony is not lost on me when people are coming into my comment section and DMs and saying the most horrifying things that I'm just like, do you not see yourself? The ease in which people but, say but things. The, the people are just like, you're such a fucking bitch, Duh, like saying, and I'm just like, do you not? Did you not read this back to yourself and be like, hmm, maybe it's me? Wait, what's <laughs> as wrong? Well, that's it. That checks out to me. That checks out with me. What? You're such a fucking. <laughs> no, but no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm Not saying. Funny. No, I'm saying. Like, how? How <laughs> are you, kidding, How are these people going to come and be like so rude to a stranger, accusing me of being rude and reactive in a moment that was very tense and filled yeah. with emotion? Well, our shows are provocative, and they tend to provoke those type of reactions. Like, why is this person so incensed? Like, why yeah. are you being well, so they mean? See, lots of times, they see someone else in their life that maybe has wronged them, and they they project that person know, but, onto you and then but, all of a sudden but again like you, 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 these people are f- straight up assholes they are and if so, i'm being an asshole on a tv show like it's because like or you know yeah. on, on on our show yeah. it's because you're watching moments that are like high emotion there's stuff happening so if you think that i'm being a bit well okay that's fine but like keep it to yourself like they said things to me that i would oh never God. ever the imagine saying to my friend the let girls. alone a stranger yeah so like i think some of those people in those comment sections are actually bigger bitches than i am so For congratulations sure. that being said also again to reiterate you don't have to you don't have to um succumb or tolerate bullying, but like at the same time, we take the good with the bad. We have thick yeah. skin. When people are funny about roasting us, they have yeah. interesting, constructive criticism. You know, they tear me apart, but it's funny. That's fine. I like when and it's I inspired pre- and creative. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to even think about me or the show. I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun with it. I know you're like, well, of course you're going to say that you're on it. No, like honestly, if I didn't believe that, I just wouldn't say anything. I would just be like. Hey, go watch Vanderpump Rules. I really do think it's going to be a great season. Looking back on all of the eight seasons past, what mm. was your favorite trip we took? I really liked the Hawaii trip. And I remember I posted because a picture. Because you saw Lala's boobs, huh? I never actually saw <laughs> her boobs. Here's the I'm thing. joking. I got in all of the trouble for someone who should have seen those, and I didn't see them. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I remember that was, bad for you. that was the first time I bared my ass on, on social media. And I remember... Shortly afterwards, I got verified. Not that that's something that I was concerned with. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just remember being a lot of fun. And like the fights were intense, but they were also hilarious. Like they say in the scripted world, like in comedy, you know, instead of getting angry, you get frustrated. Being frustrated is funny. I remember a lot of like very pointed frustration in Hawaii, but I could be misremembering it. Like, like fights that were high stakes and like they meant a lot to both people involved, but they were hilarious. That's yeah. that's a lot of fights on reality I remember, TV. Yeah. I remember like, like Lala and I were like, I didn't like her, but we were like getting on fine. A little there. bit. There was yeah. a little flirtation. Like, I mean, platonic flirtation. Yeah. Like we, we had moments where we were like, had a lot of fun together, but yeah. then I was also like, eh, we're sparring, <laughs> feeling each other out. Yeah, yeah. 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 I liked Mexico. Mexico season two was dramatic. Oh like my you, God. You were, it was so you stressful. You poured a drink over my head. I mean, let's be real. Like we had, we fought, but like, it still was like, it was our first like real, real trip. We went to Vegas the year before, but this is like our first time taking like a trip on the show somewhere like big, yeah. you know, like you, you had never had a passport before. Like yeah, this, that, that was oh, like a, that was yeah. a big moment trip. Yeah. I think. That was huge. There was fires in every direction. Every couple was raging. Yeah. 
That was, like, I think it was the most like scheming. memorable. It was really fun. And also I just love Cabo. It's such a great fun trip. Yeah. We went to all like quintessential spots, like mango deck, mango squid deck. row. <laughs> and we just were like, yeah. Man. We played it, spin the bottle on a pirate ship. I feel like we've played spin the bottle almost every season. I think it's retired now, especially post COVID. Yeah. We, I don't <laughs> think we played that this year. No, we didn't. I don't think we would have been allowed to play that even if we wanted to. I had the great honor and pleasure of doing um, this Watch with the Tom series um, on Bravo. And it was fun. It, for us, it was more about getting to interact with the fans, showcase some old episodes. And it was just fluff. You know, we had a great time doing it. But for one of the episodes, we watched your bachelorette at my bachelor party. You know, that was in New Orleans. That was the first time I had really seen it. Uh, oh, my God. Did you cringe? You guys, why didn't you tell me I was such a douchebag? I did tell you. I was you. a monster and I, I was blacked out. Did tell I know you. myself when I'm wasted. I, I was tried like to tell you. literally blacked out. You That's, were awful. I was a monster. You were awful. Oh, God. Why didn't you guys tell me? I did tell you. Hello. I'm Not sitting you. right I'm here. The, I'm talking to the listeners. Okay, but what about me? Do I not count? <sighs> Whatever. I, I think, I mean, first of all, I think everyone did try to tell you. You just didn't want to listen. My God. I think there was probably plenty of people that hit you up on social media. I think there's probably no, plenty of people me, that you called in to watch what happens live. I think there's probably plenty yeah. of people that tried to tell you. You probably were just like, um, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about because well, I didn't watch no it. No excuses. And I don't remember because I was blackout drunk. Blackout drunk. And it's it's clear that I had a lot of issues. I have a lot, I just had a lot of pent up resentment, a lot of issues. But anyways, I was, yeah, I was a monster. Let's move on from that. <laughs> Let's never talk about it again. Not necessarily those times, but... When you look back on all the years, what's like the hardest part of that? What's the hardest part of looking back? Well, honestly, I look back and I'm hypercritical of myself by nature, but especially with the show, I look back and I'm like, you had this platform, this opportunity to shine so bright. And then, you know, you blew it so many times. I, I just see myself as being dull. I feel like I never have fully portrayed the Schwartz, like I maybe, or maybe that's just who I am. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just fucking waiting in a pool of mediocrity. Didn't we say <laughs> that last time no. on the podcast? Because the thing is, I, I am driven. I'm ambitious. I think I have good lines, but sometimes I don't know, man. I'm not very impressed with what I see on TV. Schwartz, you got to get it together, man. Come on. You're better than this. Your answers are so much different than mine. It's interesting. Really? Yeah. It's wild to think that you've lived out some of your highest highs and lowest lows on a national television show mm -hmm. <laughs> for the rest of the world to, to observe and dissect. But you know what? Like, no regrets. I have the best, best interactions at TomTom Tom, in contrast to some of the experiences, some of the things I've, I've seen online. My God. God, it's awesome at TomTom. Tom. Even when people are roasting me, they're hilarious. They're charming. There's people from every single walk of life. Every type of human being you can imagine I've met in TomTom. Tom, and I love hearing their stories. I love hearing how they relate to the show. How it like a lot. I've met so many new people who started watching the show during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And they bonded over it. <laughs> yeah. It was a moment of, a little moment of levity in an otherwise pretty awful year. Almost every time I go in there, I meet someone who's having a birthday, a bachelorette party. You know how many people 
I've taken shots with on their honeymoons. By the way, you guys yeah. got to take it easy on me. You know, yeah, I can't say no to shots. Please don't give him shots. I know. I know. I know. No. I know. No. No. I don't get sloppy mm, anymore. No. Well, yeah, I know but, I don't. Yeah, but handling is very different than like just. I'm not getting like. I mean, I'm getting a little loose, but yeah, it's for a good cause. But, okay. Listen. Anyways, Bubba, someone comes from Australia on their honeymoon and they want to take a shot. Half shots. Say no. You're doing half shots. Shots of beer. But yeah, so we're really excited for the premiere. It's Tuesday night, 28th, 9 p.m. on yeah. Bravo. Give it some time. Give it time. It's going to be a great premiere. Like I said, give it, some, give it, like, give it a little give bit it of time. It might look get different, might feel different, but give it a little time. It's all there. It's dramatic. It's, you know. So in celebration of that. So if you guys are familiar with Brian Moylan, who is a writer and he writes for vulture.com and he does these amazing recaps of Vanderpump Rules. Talk about like someone who can like just so perfectly roast everyone on our cast talk about the show i mean it is it's pretty amazing yeah. um well the watcher crappings guys do an amazing job they do. um but brian moylan really fucking nails it every single time and he ends every single one of his recaps with amazing fan fiction particularly fan fiction. about you and sandoval and it's very homoerotic Okay, yeah. So I know you don't know about this. Well, but you've told me about it, and I, I have dabbled, but I've never fully like read okay. a... So at the season finale of season eight, at the Tom Tom party, the um, anniversary party, mm. I would like you to read how he ends it. A dramatic interpretation or just a... <laughs> just, uh, just, okay, ready? Do your best. Okay, well, here we go, guys. By the way, thanks for By tuning Brian in By Brian Moylan. Thank you so Brian, much. Brian, appreciate grace. you. Um, keep it up. Love it. All right, here we go. As the episode ends, Tom and Tom kiss under the picture of the two of them kissing. And we see each of the couples walking to their individual modern farmhouses in Valley Village and Stasi calls them. Both of the Toms find an excuse to go back to Tom Tom to close the bar, sending all of the staff home, putting all the napkins in neat piles, piling the money into the safe at the end of the night. Don't worry, we'll lock up, they say. As soon as the lights are off and the gate is down, they kiss in the middle of the empty room, surveying all that is 10% theirs. They think about knocking down the wall to the garden, which with Nicolaine's design will look like the halabi of an upscale movie theater if it were a hobbiton. <laughs> Just read it normal. You're like bodging it up a little Their bit. Their kisses become wetter, more intense, the passion rising within them. As they grapple each other's matching suits, it's hard to tell whose <laughs> pants are whose, whose shirt is whose. As they all puddle under the floor, Schwartz runs his large palms along Sandoval's sculpted arms and grabs him by the hips. He turns him around and bends him over, Sandoval's arm grabbing the bar, propping himself up. Say it, Sandoval tells him. Say it. Schwartz doesn't stop his rhythm but adds a blissful drone. You're the number one guy in the group. You're the number one guy in the group. You're the number one guy in the group. Oh my God, what did I just read? Oh my God. And why am I hard? Bubba, chill. Okay, it's semi. No. Just kidding. I'm not um, semi aroused. That was amazing. Good job. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go walk that one off. Take a cold shower. <laughs> I'm going to need a cold shower for that one. But they're they're um, so amazing. So <laughs> if you guys ever get bored, just go to vulture.com and read like all of his recaps. Yeah. They're amazing. So anyways, honey, do you have any um, rage texts of the day for, oh, interesting. for our listeners? Well, you go first. My rage text of the day is going to go to the 
person responsible for Gabby Petito's death. You know who you are. May you rot in hell. Mm. That's all. Okay. Yeah, I've been following. I've been keeping up with that. It's like, yeah. um, it's interesting. It's, it's it's we're seeing. Assuming that she was, I don't know. We don't know the autopsy's not back, but I'm assuming that it, she was murdered. So whoever's responsible yeah. for that, or whether. Just for her just to be dead. Enough podcasts have, have explored this and dissected yes. it. What's interesting for me is, you know, the real life scenario in which you see it playing out, a relationship, you know, you never know what happens behind closed doors on social yeah. media. You present this this other um, sense of self. Everything's shiny and happy. You know, I did just hear the, the 911 call of them when they were in Moab. You know, it was all presented that she was the one that was hitting and slapping him. No, no. The person that called 911, they released the phone call. He was saying, no, I'm calling to report a man was slapping his girlfriend. Yeah. By the way, we're very aware these are real people, real yeah. families suffering. We say this with respect to them. Yes. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's so, so sad. And I just hope, I hope her family at the end of all of this gets the answers that they need. I don't think I have a rage text. Well, I've, I, I do, but not mine seems incredibly petty and, 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 and trivial after, you know, talking about what we just talked about. Okay, just saying, sorry. Maybe it's good to end on a light note, though. Yeah, let's end it on a light note. Well, I just, it's nothing personal because it's usually not the other person's fault. And I think we've talked about this, but I really get upset when I pull up to a four-way stop sign and whoever's pulling up to that stop sign with me pulls up at the exact same time to the point where we have to motion to each other. You go ahead or you go ahead. <laughs> I, I go to zero to wanting to just honk and maybe but it's the right to the right of way right of way no well i just it, it upsets me i just go if someone's taking more than t two seconds i go it's rage inducing and i know it's inconsequential the world's falling apart and all that <laughs> stuff but I it know. upsets me some poor old lady tom's like fucking slut <laughs> one time and I this lady no. cut me off and she and, and, he didn't and, and know. A fit of rage. By the way, she didn't hear me. I don't I don't outwardly rage. I raged to myself in my car, but she cut she cut me off and I was like she was clearly at least sixty something and I was like, You fucking slut. <laughs> but you don't I even wasn't know. First of all, you didn't she even didn't know if you didn't A didn't know it was a woman. Yeah, I did. Kind of funny that she was that like this like little old lady then you come I wasn't slut shaming her. I didn't know anything about her. So don't come at me. Anyways, anyway there. Well, you know what, you guys? Real. It's been real. Have a great weekend. I love y'all. I love you, Katie. I, Bubba. <laughs> I love you, Bubba. And I love all of you. Until next time. I'll see you guys at TomTom. Tom. Yeah, see ya. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. Follow along on social at Music Kills Kate and tune in next week for an all new episode. 